Welcome to Hermes AM, where we explore ideas, share experiences, and feed curiosity. We seek to learn and grow. Join us in challenging perspective and ideas. Welcome back to Hermes AM. We've had a little bit of an extended break. This is going to be season two, and we are here with Nu and Tao, that Tao, Tauranosaurus. Today, we're going to reintroduce ourselves, not like Jay-Z would, um, because ultimately, <laughs> but we're going to reintroduce ourselves, and we're going to start with Tao and talk about how just starting this show has kind of changed perspective, changed the way we think at times, and just how life is, is kind of unfolded as we've begun this and, and changes or kind of allow Tao to talk way more than we usually do, which I don't know how you feel about that. Your mom would be happy to hear that we're starting off with you. Well, your mom's going to be happy that we started out with Tao, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah she's my number one cheerleader. Um, Chris Crone. But I, so, like, I think we talked about, like, what me and Tao were doing a recording uh, recently that we didn't get to finish. Um, we'll kind of talk about more about that later. But, um, but I did like I did when I the last few shows I went to during the holiday season and there was a lot of Tao fans and she doesn't believe me. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's I mean, the, it's funny how I mean, yeah, I was up in uh, at ECCC with new and, and people were like referencing the show. People were even that one artist that we don't need a name. They were like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, me and Tao already talked. We talked about that too. I thought so, that was funny how they're people, like referencing the show and stuff. And I was like, we need T-shirts. They just say it too. <laughs> I know they don't. They and yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm yeah. There's no no more of a bigger advocate of that of that quote than me, Tao. So <laughs> we'll put on mugs. We'll we'll like stitch it onto hats. It's gonna yeah. be like the newest merch. Yeah, yeah, I gotta see. I gotta wear a number like LeBron to try to bury Michael Jordan, right? You gotta wear twenty three to try to act like, oh, I well, I just invented the number twenty three. Michael Jordan didn't exist, right? But that's like really, really the dumbest thing ever to try to do. So, uh, anyways, there's a sports reference cap. <laughs> we had to so, get it in before we start. Yeah, first yeah. one of the year. Well, um... so, so with that, yeah, Tao, how how has like what what's what's going on in life? How's life going? Um, well, you know, a year and a half later, I uh, still don't believe that anyone wants to hear what I say. <laughs> nothing, you, nothing you can tell me right now will convince me otherwise. Um, and yeah, that's 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 a very loaded question. It is. Um, because a lot has happened in the pandemic, right? Um, since all this started, I've settled more into what I always considered my dream job. It's something that I had been pursuing from day one since I applied for grad school. Um, I work as a college counselor and I am, oh my God, a year and a half away from reaching tenure uh, and then just not having to worry about anything ever again. <laughs> you know how I feel about tenure, Tao? I feel like that's because that's just that that just breeds complacency. I don't like it. Well, I you don't know, like it. Okay, so community college tenure isn't quite the same as like the, the university tenure. It's not like, oh, I can do whatever I want and never get fired. Um, it does make me feel a little bit more secure. It but basically in in a lot of ways, it just means I'm not in a like probation period anymore. And from what I understand from like my friends who work for the state, like I swear the state workers, their equivalent of leaving probation is even way more secure than tenure. <laughs> you could do absolutely nothing uh, or you could do anything after you pass probation with the state and then you're just in that job forever. And if you do something horrible, they'll just transfer you somewhere else. That's it. Nice. <laughs> sounds like that. Sounds like you guys just won, won the one security, right? You just won. So, yeah. well, uh, so what else? So, Tao, so when you like when you go through the pandemic, what have mm -hmm. we like? What do you think has changed about you and about how the way you look at things like going through like living currently through a pandemic? Because obviously this is kind of like a hopefully a once in a lifetime such type of situation for all of us. And like, what have you learned and what do you think is um the good that you can take away from it. Obviously, the bad is 
obviously everybody knows the bad, but obviously, like, what do you think is like something that we can take from the pandemic that kind of, um, kind of just inspires and also kind of um, helps us move forward? Yeah, I'm wondering if starting off with me will get like a little too dark. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so I do try to be an optimist, uh, and I will say, I guess the biggest takeaway for me. Uh, especially observing people and their struggles um, and just also observing kind of changes in personalities in like my closest friends and family. Um, I guess the biggest thing is just trying not to take anything for granted, um, whether it is those around you or even yourself. So like a huge, huge thing that we keep going back and forth on um, at work as counselors, you know, we are there to help our students try to maintain some sort of normalcy, right? We are there to help them get through school, but a lot of times we're also there to help them with their emotional state of being. They're they're all over the place right now. Um, a lot of the community college students, they are helping their families. They um, are trying to pay for rent. Maybe they're taking care of kids. Um, they have a lot of responsibilities on their shoulders on top of trying to better themselves. Um, and a lot of them actually don't really know how they're bettering themselves, like what they're doing and why they're there. And um, it's a lot on a normal day, like a normal year pre-pandemic, like you have sometimes a lot of pressure on yourself to be there, be authentic, um, and to be always be able to say the right thing. Um, and now with the pandemic, and you're dealing with your own issues, your own problems, everyone's stressed out, everyone's tired. Um, it's one of those things where you have to think about, well, where do you put your foot down? Um, and when can you say that you're tired? When can you say you can't do this anymore? And there's a lot of guilt that comes from that. And we've we've brought this up a lot of times before that in general, I am a very like non-confrontational person. Um, New will just constantly say that I'm a pushover uh, because I always say yes to things. I I don't like to argue. Um, and even if I someone's doing something I don't like, I'll just rant about it some other time. Um, but I'll just let them do it because, you know, I'd rather not have to deal with that. Um, and so one thing I'm taking from this pandemic is just learning that maybe I do have to say no. Maybe I do have to put my foot down. And it's not necessarily me being selfish, uh, but it, it's necessary for me to keep going because we have all of us. We all have a lot of things on our plate. Um, and a lot of people are stretched so thin that, you know, we need to realize what is important and what can just wait until later um, before everything just kind of like topples over and breaks apart. Uh, and <laughs> uh, it, it, you could probably think of it as a pessimistic view. Um, sometimes in my job, you know, I am there to help a lot of the counselors navigate the different rules and regulations and the various layers of things that they have to understand and be able to um, explain to students. And sometimes I get requests of like, well, can you put this in like a chart? Could you make it easier for them, right? Uh, and I'll joke around with my friend and I was like, you know, and I, I'll tell them, I was like, I'll explain to them all the rules and I could see their face just kind of their eyes glazing over because there's so much information. <laughs> and I'll just tell them like, look, at the end of the day, none of this really matters, <laughs> right? This is not a life or death situation. If they have questions, like you don't need to know all the answers. Like you don't need to know how to, you know, apply and follow the rules for a hundred different campuses out there. Like what you need to do is teach them how to find that out on their own. And as much as we want to know every single rule, every single dot every single cross T there is so that we could be experts so we could feel comfortable. I was like, it's impossible. Like, do not put this on yourself. Do not try to be an expert at everything because it's not going to happen. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, is this a life or death situation? And the question, the answer is no, it's, it's not, it's not worth losing sleep over. It's not worth stretch stressing over. Yes, you care about your students. Yes, we want to do what we can. But again, you can't do anything if you're not there anymore. 
I think you should just send them to me, Tal. I'll, I will inspire them <laughs> to quit. I will tell them to quit right now. Every single one of them. I was like, oh, you want, well, you just need to quit. I'll send them to me. I'll send them art students your way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot going on. What do you, what do you think, Spence? Yeah, not, I mean, processing how to actually, um, take care of yourself better, right? Like, I mean, that's really the bottom line and, and take in um, critical moments where it's like, no, I don't, I don't need this or, um, I mean, pr- process the essential ultimately, right? Is that kind of what you're looking at? Yeah, and also, I guess, um, take the time to enjoy what you have, right? Spend time with family, spend time with friends, even if it is just a moment to send a text, um, you know, I have two really great friends that I would hang out with them quite regularly. Um, obviously, I haven't hung out with them lately because of the pandemic. Uh, but I do. Well, I'll just send them a message say, hey, just want to let you know. Still love you guys. I just don't feel like seeing people. But I hope you understand that, you know, I'm still there for you if you need me. And both of them are like, yeah, we also don't want to see people. But we love hearing from you. <laughs> It's great having friends who are hermits just like me. It's fantastic. Um, That's how you find your people. How you find your people, the people that match your match who you are. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I I love people who love canceled plans just like me. (laughs) (laughs) Although it it does backfire. I have one friend. um, The last time we had lunch together. Uh, we were just saying to each other, like we were half expecting the other to cancel. And, you know, I was like, I'm surprised you didn't just say, say no. And she said, well, I was waiting for you to cancel. And I was like, no, I was waiting for you to cancel. <laughs> you just wanted each other to cancel on each other. So... And neither of us did it so that we were stuck seeing each other. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Was it uncomfortable? No, no. I mean, I, I love seeing, I do love seeing my friends. I guess it's one of those things as an introvert and, um, that I just feel like dread leading up to seeing people and hanging out with them. And then when I am actually there, I'm having fun. And oh, then totally. when I go home, yeah. I immediately want to just go to sleep because that was just way too much energy. So the exit is like that introvert kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy like a lot of like, you know, doing things. And then when like afterwards, I'm kind of like really tired from it because it, it just takes a lot out of me. But, um, you know, it's, it's funny because when, when Tao said that I tell her she's a pushover, it's because I like for the most part, I know what that's like because my dad is kind of like Tao. My dad will do anything and always agree to do it, even if he's got a thousand things on his plate. And I've always seen him being taken advantage of it. But then on the opposite spectrum, I've seen my mom just take advantage of everyone, right? So it's this weird like middle ground that I kind of see that like you can't just be all like, oh, I'm going to do anything for everybody. And you can't just be, oh, I'm going to take advantage of everyone. You got to find this like balance in the middle where it's okay to say no to some things and it's okay to say yes to some things. And I think that's what I was trying to tell Tao is that you you need to say no to some things and yes to some things, even if it's like you need to say no twice a week, that's fine. But at least you're kind of building a habit of saying no twice a week, right? And I think that's kind of like the important thing. And it's not, it's not to be mean. It's not to be mean. It's just to say, like, kind of get boundaries for yourself back. Um, my dad doesn't do that. And I've seen over the years him being taken advantage of people over and over and over again because they see that that person always says yes. So therefore, it's always easy to go to that person to take advantage of them. And then, I'm, and, my, and I think instinctually they they are not doing it on purpose they just know it's easy and most people will always do what's easy like they just go in their brain they go through the filing system who's the one that will absolutely say yes and they just go to that person right and i think that's that that instinctual thing is to go for that person and i think that person their job in order to find balance for themselves is to learn how to say no at least once or twice a week you know so that's kind of what i was trying to say so yeah well it is my instinct to just say yes because that's the easy <laughs> way of doing things <laughs> all right uh so what else you going to ask those que- questions spence or you want me to go no you're good i i, I mean as you were talking it just made me think i've been i've been working on some cobra kai so it was like that that scene where he's like you have to kind of ba- find that balance oh yeah, yeah, like yeah dropping the the miyagi dough uh, yeah references yeah. I think and that's hard you because just finished the last season too. Don't tell me nothing, Tal. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, start, 
I started rewatching the first three seasons again so I can build back up to it because it's so good. It's like the worst soap opera ever. And like, and I don't like, I hate high school stuff. Like, because I went through high school, I don't care about like high school relationships and all that stuff. So therefore, but for some reason, I can do this because it shows the adult stuff with the high school stuff, which makes it easier to tolerate. It's not like a CW show where you're just watching like a bunch of kids in high school. It That'd just, be like, yeah, that'd be a good uh, psych word, maybe. Uh, Daniel <laughs> Cobra Guy. Oh, Johnny. And, we can do Johnny and, and, and Johnny. Johnny, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Lawrence and Daniel yeah. Russo. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that. You're breaking down a lot of the psychology. Oh, totally. I think it's fun. I think it's yeah. like. I think that's a really good idea, Spence. We'll do that. For we'll do that. We'll do it. Johnny Lawrence, psych yeah. word, Tao. So, Tao, we'll, like, we'll start off with just everyone in that show is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so you're. I mean, ultimately you've kind of brought a lot of grounding to both new and I, I mean, you, you help kind of keep us on task. You, uh, you, you bring a lot of research and depth to the, a lot of the things we've talked about. What, how do you feel like you've um, grown just throughout doing these episodes and, and processing the, the work that we've done and put out? I've, I mean, I'm trying to think of the many, <laughs> many episodes that we've gone through. Um, and I, I think that, you know, like you mentioned, I tried to do a lot of research. Um, and obviously, I, I am a very opinionated person. I may or may not always express those opinions. Um, but I think that in the process of all of this, um, I've been trying to be very careful to look at things from multiple perspectives. Obviously, I have a you know, an angle that I see everything at, right? Like, this is what I firmly believe in. Um, and so when we go into these episodes, I try very hard to sit there and think, okay, if I was on the opposite end, what would I be thinking and why? And rather to just trying, rather than going straight to, well, this person's stupid. And the reason why they think this is because they're stupid and they just don't understand the way the world works. I, you know, try to think about, okay, well, where are they coming from? You know, do I need to make an imaginary scenario where I kind of go into how they were raised, their upbringing, their family history, um, you know, or maybe I go into what it was that they were taught in their environment to try, just try to see what it's like from the other side. Um, and with that, I think I also have been trying hard to bring that into my own personal life as well. Um, also, once again, going back to the idea of like trying not to lose focus on what's important and um, spending time with close friends and family. One thing that has happened over the course of this, this year and a half um, and something that we'll probably talk about a lot more in a future episode this season is, you know, uh, my boyfriend and I, we lost a couple of people really important to us. He lost his father um, just a little over a year ago now. And we actually just lost a really good friend of ours uh, last week. And one thing um, that always comes up uh, oftentimes is one, one thing that we try to do to keep all of our friends together is, you know, we watch Marvel movies and DC movies and whatnot together. Uh, maybe we'll plan game nights. Maybe we'll do this and that. Um, and every now and then there'll be a period where, you know, we might try to be planning something that's not our typical things that everyone's into, right? And then we'll we'll think about, okay, who wants to go to this? Who should we invite? And, you know, after a while, after someone says no to something several times, um, I think normally most people automatically say like, oh, let's, let's not even bother inviting so-and-so because they always say no. Um, and so now... I am trying to put myself in like other people's shoes and trying not to do that, trying not to automatically assume what someone's going to do or say, um, because I don't know why they said no all those other times. I don't know what if they will say no again. All I know is that if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't want to be left out. And so just trying to remember that, that even it, like it's I'm not losing anything if they say no. Like if I assume that they were going to say no and they do say no, then nothing changes. Right. But if they say yes, because I went ahead and I asked them if they wanted to do this one thing, 
then if anything, all I'm doing is gaining because now I'm able to spend time with a friend that I thought I wasn't going to be spending time with. So when you look at the, like what you're saying kind of thing is like, you're just kind of like being able to kind of imagine and put yourself in those other people's situation in order to kind of understand a different perspective, right? Like using your own imagination to kind of put your, put yourself in that place. Um, and then kind of, so you can kind of um, regain some empathy for the situation. And I think um, overall, I think that is kind of like what we all need to try to do in order to kind of uh, try to understand different perspective. Cause I don't necessarily like, as I've been kind of re as I read a lot of stuff, I do see that like a, a lot of people that are considered bad or, or um, all these other things are kind of just like victims of their circumstance of how they grew up and how they seen things. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be that way. It just means they have to try to understand from a different perspective. And I think like trying to put yourself in some that different perspective will help you understand what it feels like. And I think that's something that I'm, I, I've been trying to do too. Like, especially because would give you guys give me a different um, way of thinking about something. It makes me rethink it rethink my like stubbornness and my or or my programming and I think that makes me kind of um hopefully be a better person by being able to kind of um oh yeah that that does make sense and I think that's what you're trying to say right Tal like that's kind of like what you got from all of this thing hopefully definitely and also I will say this um I had a conversation not too long ago I forgot which of the Marvel movies it wasn't it wasn't Spider-Man but uh, we were watching one of the Marvel things and I remember we were just sitting there going, you know, like I'm really tired of Marvel, like giving us the backstory of these villains and like making them gray and like introducing them and telling them, oh, they're evil. And then going back and forth. Oh, you know what? Actually, we had this conversation about Cobra Kai recently. <laughs> oh, oh, how are you the back? Because they have yeah. one moment where they look like extremely evil and they have this look like, oh my God, he's going to have him murdered. Yeah. And then they'll have some insight of like why they're just such broken people. Right. And then I'm just sitting here going like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to hate them or not? <laughs> just choose well, it's one. Like, it's the same thing that like when we played Last of Us too, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody hated playing as, uh, what was her name? Um, was it Allie? No. What was her name? The one, I, the one at the very beginning, right? Like, I, I don't want to say too much. Abby, 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 right? Abby. So like, Abby? nobody wanted to play as Abby because she was the bad guy. And then there was like, then you go backwards and they always show the, then you like, you learn empathy by going through the other person's life kind of thing. And that's what you're trying to like, because yeah. I, I think that's what I'm trying to say is that after you watch so many things or look at so many stories, you're looking at victim of circumstances based on what they've um, been either brainwashed to do brainwashed to think and stuff like that which causes their that differences to be seen from your perspective as bad and opposite on their side too they're seeing that your perspectives of is bad too right so therefore like we're all the bad guy in somebody else's story right and i think that's the kind of trying to understand trying to put yourself in those perspectives understanding that like and that's when you're watching cobra cry (laughs) like spencer like when they said like when the the luros's daughter daniel's daughter says I thought we were the good guys, right? Like, so it's like this weird kind of, and he's like, no, we are, right? And then it's like kind of thing, but then so there's so many times when he is not the good guy, he's the terrible guy. Like, right. you know, like that one thing, like I think when, when I rewatched the second, se- uh, second season, no, first season, when Daniel goes and has in schemes to have uh, Johnny's uh, dojo's rent raised. And then yeah. his wife says to him, like, She's like, why would you do that? She's all, did you even think about everybody else in that little complex other than Johnny? Like all you thought about was him and you didn't think about everybody else around that, that basically you caused them problems and they have nothing to do with this, right? And that's kind of like that, that, that situation where you're causing more problems for everybody else just because you're upset about one person, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's yeah, one of those things where like you can't always win because winning assumes that there's a loser. Yeah yeah so on the other side of the towel like we're looking at like so all these other things you like you've been you've been a counselor this whole time you've we've been through this we're going through this pandemic it seems to be (laughs) getting better and then it seems to be getting worse and it seems to be getting better and then worse right and then um uh so like tell us something good you've actually been to disneyland multiple times during this pandemic though 
I, I did. And I also just actually literally as of maybe a couple hours ago, just came home <laughs> from another Disneyland trip. <laughs> so and then we, like we talked about before, like, is it still as magical as you always remembered it? Are you able to get lost in it? Be like, and still like imagine it to be what it is. It hasn't lost any of its magic. Oh, you know, I wish I could still say that being at Disneyland is exactly like it was when I first went. Um, but it, it's not because I've gone so many times. Like, I still love it, right? And I'm still excited. Um, but I think that what's happened now is that it's so routine for us that we'll sit there and we're like, oh, do you want to go to this ride or that ride? And like, if it's just too much effort, if the line's too long, like we don't really push ourselves to do things. And this trip was interesting because um, Thanksgiving, we went with my sister's family and we rode everything and we made a point to try to make it like the best trip for them ever because usually their trips didn't don't end very well. The last time my nephew went, like everything broke down and like he tried to go on the latest Star Wars ride, Rise of the Resistance, and they waited in that line for hours only to have it break down right before they got on. And because it was so close to like the end time for when they usually stop operations, they were like, we're not bringing it back up. So he stood in that line forever only to get nothing. Uh, and then my sister, the last time she went, she actually came down with pneumonia um, and so she didn't really get to enjoy her trip either. So I, this time around, I was like, all right, I'll let you guys have the full like fam McIntyre experience. And we're going to take you around and let you ride all these things and make you do things that you normally wouldn't do. So we did everything. And I think that we really enjoyed having, you know, fresh faces with us, people who don't usually go, people who are really excited and having like this purpose, this sense of almost urgency of like, we need to do this. We need to make sure they, they get to try this. So now we're at, at Disneyland again, which is the two of us. And it's just like, Oh, do you want to ride that? Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Like might as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and there were actually some rides where we're like, we could have like just gone. It was, we could have just walked right on and, you know, my boyfriend was just thinking about it. He's like, mm, I don't really need to ride it. So I, we're not. Um, that being said, like, I, I will still say I, I love Disneyland. Like, I still want to be there. I still want to go. Um, but I think that we've gotten so used to it that it's not quite the same. It's like, it's a different experience. So it seems like you just need to take people that has never been so you can kind of get their energy because you've been so often and you can kind of renew the energy by living through other people that don't go to go get, get to go as much as you. And it sounds like your nephew is a person after my own heart. He's just Mr. Out of Luck, that one. So, <laughs> so, so, so. You need to get him a bat and then Anna, 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 and bandana because you know what? He is. Smiles. He is. Smiles. Yeah. Smiles just makes his own luck. He doesn't, he doesn't depend on luck to happen. He just makes it himself well, by beating it out of everybody. During our trip, he kept saying that he was depending on my luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, I know all about the, the no luck kind of thing we just got to make it ourselves you just got to tell them you got to make your own luck because you ain't got none <laughs> so yeah what do you are is there anything you're excited to get into is there anything that you've kind of processed and thought at, during this break like oh i want to i want to get into this um yeah i'm gonna go to a dark place again <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually you know right before we got on here uh so as i as i mentioned and we're going to talk about this in a future episode um but uh, a dear friend of mine recently committed suicide. Uh, and we believe, we won't know for sure for a few months because um, we did, his brain was sent into a lab. Um, but we, we think it's most likely due to a condition called CTE. And, uh, you know, right before we jumped on, um, I was talking to New about it because New doesn't, didn't know much about what CTE, CTE is. Uh, and so, you know, I had said that I, I would love to do an episode on that to talk about yeah. what is CTE and um, why are we hearing more and more about former athletes who are doing things like there wasn't there a recent football player who shot six people um, and then maybe did he kill himself? Um, but there have been instances of, you know, people who have gone into like pro sports who yeah. have later on had a lot of behavioral issues, um, became aggressive, 
And so I kind of wanted just to talk about that and the dangers. There seems to it. be more so sports that's involved with um, more uh, physical, um, physical like aggregate uh, trauma, right? So like football, boxing, probably MMA, any of the sporting stuff that is like a lot more um, physical um, damage being hit, taken. Yeah, to the brain. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. all, and then even I, I would even gauge that like we're starting to step into some people being like, well, these people are struggling with CTE in real time. So, I mean, yeah, that would be, a, yeah, I'd be looking forward to that as well. Yeah. And then because like, it was interesting because as she's bringing it up, I didn't know what it was. But then um, she brought up Chris Benoit, who also, also kind of did something like that. And it was interesting because I remember reading uh, Heroes by Stephen Fry, which was like, you know, one of my favorite books of the last few years. And then um, he actually talks about that and gives reference to the the myth and legend of Hercules, uh, Heracles in the Roman in the Roman term. <laughs> so he basically they kind of coincide that same kind of um that same kind of thing with like uh, Heracles's um, origin story of him killing off his whole, going mad and going and then killing his whole family based on not, not seeing them for who they were. Um, and then kind of seeing that, uh, that direct correlation with that myth being correlated with people that actually have to do a lot of brute um, aggressive fighting and stuff like that. And how like uh, taking so many hits to the brain can cause you to go mad. And I think that Greek myth was a kind of, um, predecessor to trying to understand what what um, Tao is representing as CTE which I still don't know what it means but but the idea is that I think that's the reference between the two to try to look at them them trying to cr create a myth for it and then us going forward and looking at it from a, a scientific perspective but also giving you the same correlation you know so I think that's kind of uh, fascinating and then obviously terrible like obviously I don't think we're built for trauma like this anymore right so it's like it's obviously not okay anymore but the thing is we still do it for entertainment purposes um instead of actually just like war and stuff like that you know more most documented in football players and they've really tried to uh pivot how they take care of their brains um but yeah so all right. Well, lastly, Tao, so we don't end it on that. That's obviously something <laughs> we go forward to. So what are you looking forward to that's coming out from Disney or any kind of shows or anything that you're looking forward to that's coming out this year or like in the future that is exciting for you? And then like something that is really, really like you want to really you're like kind of waiting for it to come out, you know? Yeah. Well, OK, so this will be tied to another thing that I'm looking forward to us talking about, which is um you know, as soon as we got back together post holidays to try to think about what we want to talk about, like, I know I said this to new and Spence, you also said this to do, which was immediately just like, did you watch Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to having a conversation about Spider-Man, our thoughts, uh, our theories of what's going to happen moving forward. Uh, and I know that I came out of that movie immediately wondering and thinking, Dang, when's the next movie? Um, yeah. So I am looking forward to Doctor Strange. Um, and so that that's, you know, I always look forward to the Marvel movies. Like I always look forward to whatever it is that they're adding on to there, trying to figure out how all these things interconnect and where they're going. Um, because every time I think, oh, they have to be running out of ideas now, um, they seem to just keep pulling other things out of their hats. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and oh goodness, now I just have, because I was at Disneyland because you, you fed me that line of Disney. So now I'm only thinking about Disney things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it could be like concerts or like, you know, live concerts again. Um, I know you guys are kind of going to some live shows. Yeah. Uh, some other kind of things. Is it like, especially cause like, even though it's still kind of like unsafe to go out, but still mm -hmm. like, I think the, the, the way of doing this is just to kind of be like, you know do your vaccination, wear a mask yeah. and do this stuff. And then you can enjoy life kind of, kind of not, it's not going to be the same, but it's still going to be able to do stuff. And I think like just getting out more, because I think the whole last year we weren't able to do anything or go anywhere. And now we're able to kind of do more things. And then I'm just saying there's like, obviously you've been going to Disneyland. Now, is there any other things that you're looking forward to? Um, Yeah, actually in exactly one week, um, we're going to go see Tool. So we are going to a concert. Uh, and then in April, um, so we, we were supposed to watch Rage Against the Machine and run the jewels uh, in 2020. That's cool. Obviously, that didn't happen. So yeah. they moved the concert date to this April. So I really hope the world gets it together so that this doesn't get canceled uh, because we've been waiting forever for this. 
Um, so yeah, so those that's it in terms of things. Um, I'm sure we'll have a bunch of other plans moving forward. But um, well, Comic Con's supposed to come back, like the real one. Tao, and you always go to Comic Con. You know, I'm sitting here wondering if that's going to happen, honestly. Because <laughs> okay, I'm sure it's going to. I'm sure the recently. new one's going to happen. I think that. I mean, the return of the July one's going to. happen. I don't know. Oh, that's so. what got me. E3 was canceled recently. They said they're well, not going to be. Well, it's because of right now, but I think no. But summertime. E3 is in the summer. Oh, it got canceled in the summer. Yeah, it's it's normally in the summer, and they said they're going to be virtual. Oh, well, that's probably just cutting costs. That's more so it's unselfish than anything else. They're like, oh, how do we benefit from this the most and make the same amount of money, Tal? So, so um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think San Diego is going to happen. Um, obviously, I think it's going to be a downgrade from what we remember it to be, which I'm not really mad at. I honestly could do without the, the mass amount of people that we're used to. And just like walking around like sardines in that building. Yeah, oh, I, think I, yeah. I can do if, without that. If we could that. have more space in the booth, that would yeah. be amazing because yeah. We, yeah. we need more space in the booth. I know. I need another booth is what I need. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I think I think we're going to do, um, yeah, the Marvel, the Marvel shows uh, that we're going to talk about. I think it's exciting. Anything to do with Spider-Man seems to be really great. Everybody loves Spider-Man. If you don't like Spider-Man, I think there's something wrong with you. Everybody <laughs> loves Spider-Man, you know, so. There's nothing because like uh, so it's kind of like one of those things where I think that's so much fun. That show was so much fun, and it was like really exciting to talk about it. So, um, all right, any other last questions, uh, Spence? You got? No, I have. I do have a giveaway. Kind of as Tao started, I, I want our giveaway today is going to be for this episode is going to be uh, what are your favorite Tao quotes? Right? Like how <laughs> how do you like what are the things you love that uh, that Tao has said? And that like we just want to know what those are. So then. Um, we got some quotables. Um, I think that that is right now as we head into our uh, offerings, That that's kind of what we'll ask. What are your favorite Tao quotes for kind of some giveaway options? We, you, we're we going to have to kind of minimum 10 peeps. Um, uh, kind of so we, we need your help. We need you to know these quotables. Um, I'm going to start with the offerings because then I'm going to have to dip. And because uh, yeah. I'm getting getting some texts where um, the show is the show is called uh mine is the good doctor and it's predicated on it's an abc show i, I watch it on hulu uh but it's a doctor who um, has autism and he um he's kind of a medical savant in a lot of ways and kind of has a photographic memory and so um, processing relationships uh, high level relationships and in the workplace um kind of being a, being a doctor and and understanding things um it's kind of on this last season i think um but yeah so that's what uh i would am going to suggest the good doctor on abc or hulu you can check it out um i just got the text it's 309 it's actually 310 but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all, all right, well all thanks for thanks for coming in, and in we'll edit it out. Uh, yeah yeah cheers all yeah <laughs> until next time yeah, yeah. all right Spence. you two carry on <laughs> yeah so uh, Tao, so what do you what do you what do you want to uh, recommend for the um, for this episode, and then I'll jump in and throw some stuff at you guys. Too. All right. Well, since I keep going to a dark place, I'll try to be light. Um, we already re- talked about this in this episode, uh, and that is, you know, I, I recently just finished the last season of Cobra High, uh, and it's it was a I think knew you were the one that first told me to watch it, right? Yeah. Um, and it was, I was surprised just by how well written it was. Like it, they really embrace the fact that they are, it's a show that's based off of like these 80s movies. Um, and they don't really like try to hide that fact. Um, and they just kind of embrace the whole ridiculousness of how serious these people are about an under 18 karate tournament (laughs) but overall I think that um it does a really great job of showing people who are you know down on the luck or like it's a mixture of different people right you have someone that's really super successful and rich and you have someone else who is maybe living paycheck to paycheck Um, you see a really diverse cast of people and you also see, you know, a, 
a multifaceted view of each of these characters. They're not all good. They're not all bad, uh, though some are more good or more bad than the others. Um, but they do a great job balancing all these characters and also kind of throwing you off. Like in this season, I predicted one event um, and then immediately after something else happened that I could not have called at all. So um, they do a really great job at surprising you. Awesome. No, I, I you know, and, I, and I'm a big fan of that show. Like, well, obviously, because I grew up in the 80s and Karate Kid was a huge for me back in the day. Um, you know, it's kind of like one of those those shows that you prominently remember, like with Back to the Future, stuff like that. Some of those those ones really hit really home to you, especially if you grew up in the 80s. Um, and uh, there's nothing bigger than Karate Kid back then. Right. So and then so you're like kind of wondering. Um, and then how they did it was just like it's just fantastic. But the chemistry with all the characters is really well done. Um, their 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 soundtrack that they kind of play during the thing always kind of coincides. Like one of my friends brought up that like when he was watching it, he said that he was able to. Um, uh, he like uh, my buddy Johnny, who's also a DJ. He would also say that they would kind of play the same music for same type of events that happened from the first two movies. So whenever there was like kind of a similar event they would play the same song that kind of coincided with tying those two uh, things together. Really, really well done. So those guys have always been um, doing such a great job um, doing little things and doing, doing those, those little things that are like, um, you know, like having Johnny piss off the girl that he's doing the, the work for and gets fired. Right. And then episodes later, he goes on a dating app and that girl shows back up again. That kind of stuff is just really, really well done and makes it and kind of ties everything together really well. So fantastic show uh i think anybody that i've uh, gotten to watch that show has been like really into that show afterwards right but usually the people i recommend that to is like people from the 80s and they love it you know so i still have two people in my life who are like holdouts they're just like no this sounds ridiculous why would you because make they it think it's going to be cw and it's not going to be it's not cw like it's it's like way better than that kind of stuff you know so it's uh yeah so, um, but they, then, uh, so I want to offer up, um, I just finished the book recently, um, based on kind of what Tao was talking about. And, um, obviously like, I'm a big fan of what Tao does, um, you know, with her, with all her psychology background and actually like helping people and stuff like that. And regardless if I jest about it, I am actually a big fan of what she does. Um, I, uh, I actually just recently read the book by, um, called The Choice and it's by Edith, uh, Eager, I want to say. Uh, I don't know how to if that's correct how to pronounce your name, um, but it's called the choice. Um, it's called "Embrace the po the Possible," and it's another book based off of a, a woman um, who actually was in an Auschwitz as a child. So she was actually in there as a kid, and and it showed her and her and her family trauma going into the camps, and then uh, essentially surviving the camps. And then trying to rebuild her life afterwards, um, along with her sisters, um, and then um, and all her loss and all the trauma, and um, also like later on, kind of, and then not even just that trauma alone, which is enough. But you're looking at trauma like rebuilding a life again in a war zone afterwards, when like the communists started taking over, and then trying to and then immigrating to the United States was a whole nother level of just not having anything and trying to rebuild your life with having nothing. Um, and then also looking at like people looking down on you in, in, in America as well. So you're just having this whole issues of thing where she ended up becoming a psychologist, uh, working with um, uh, uh, Victor Frankel, which is also one of those really good books that um, I read before, which she basically, her life trajectory changed after reading the book, like she was already in a psychology class, like in her 30s, after she already had children, because she had children really young, got married really young. She got into a psychology class, somebody offered her this book, because they found out she was a survivor of the Holocaust. And Victor Frankl already had this book. And he was like, at the height, kind of like rebuilding his stuff. And he wrote this book, she read it. And then she kind of like her, her life trajectory changed after reading that book. Um, based on what he wrote and then she ended up becoming a doctor basically and becoming he became her mentor and she became her own psychologist afterwards um, fantastic book like it just kind of goes through her her life and then um, stuff like that and, and then these type of things these type of books I know they're not for everyone but they are a good the good sense of understanding uh, our lives in general understanding that like 
what we're going through, there's people in the past that have gone through way more. And then uh, not to not to like not to downgrade what we do and what we've gone through, but to understand that we're strong and that we're like we come from people and descend from people that have gone through way more than we do and have. That means we're capable of beginning through these type of situations. And I think like because and I think that's a good understanding going back and reading about these people's lives, reading about all this stuff. And our lives are nothing like this, like nothing like. Our trauma is completely nothing like these type of trauma. Like, um, for and then so understanding that we all come from these type of people and gone through these type of things that we're capable, more than capable, of of overcoming these type of um, bear these uh, what are they called? Tao like um, overcoming these obstacles in our lives because we're built for it. And I think that's like just reminding ourselves that what, what we're capable of overcoming is in these books from the past. And I think that's important for us to kind of rehash and relive, um, even through a, like, a, our, like somebody else's perspective, to help us understand that, no, we could do this and we can, be, we can be better after we do this, you know? And I think that those are important for um, anybody to read and kind of put yourself in, like Tao was saying, put yourself in somebody else's perspective. Put yourself in, imagine yourself in these, this, type of, this type of situation and you have the strength to be able to do what she did as a child, <laughs> you know, and that, that kind of stuff right there is kind of just helps you realize that whatever you're going through today, you could do it. You just have to have, you have to find, you have to find all those, that inner strength and understanding why and make the choice, the choice, right. To make those decisions, to make it, um, make it a little bit easier for you that you can do these things, you know? So anyways, that's the book. And I think that kind of in, inspired me to Tao's interview inspired me to recommend this book uh I just finished it so I think it was a really really well done uh so if you get a chance go ahead and check it out um and we'll have that available on the website once this episode drops yeah so. that's a really great message and I'm, I'm looking at the Amazon page right now and they have this thing where you can actually look at what people highlight the most from the yeah. version of the book um and one of the quotes it says it's the first time I see that we have a choice to pay attention to what we've lost or to pay attention to what we still have. Um, and it's a very poignant quote um, and definitely relates to some of the things I was talking about earlier. Um, but I do like what you said in that, you know, looking at what others have experienced and how much more they have been able to overcome, not in the perspective of belittling your own experiences because, you know, emotions are emotions. Grief is grief, you know, sadness is sadness, right? Um, just because you're sad over, you know, the loss of a puppy doesn't mean that it is any less than, you know, the loss of someone else that's near and dear to you. Um, or maybe losing your, your favorite book or losing, like you still feel some sort of loss. Like that emotion isn't different. It's just the magnitude of the emotion and how long it takes you to overcome it. Um, and I think that, you know, thinking about how much others have overcome does open up a world of possibilities of saying, you know, we have it in us to do the same. That, you know, where they were able to look inside themselves to embrace who they were after these events, after, you know, the accumulation of these scars and wounds, they were still able to love themselves, to still love the life that they have. Um, we are all capable of doing the same. Um, so that's a really great message. And maybe, maybe I'll actually read a book, you know, <laughs> this whole like navigating grief thing is, is a really interesting experience. And I think if I were to take anything from this past year and a half, um, I think one thing that I'm learning is the importance of allowing yourself to just feel your emotions. Yeah. Because, you know, they're going... she, you know, and not to cut you off, Sal, but she does yeah. talk about that in her book where she, um, after reading Victor Frankel's book, she was able to kind of understand that like this, the, op the idea that she would like block out everything that happened in the past. So it mm -hmm. didn't affect her in the future so she would just pretend like nothing happened pretend that she didn't like she just blocked it all out but then at one point she realized that the things that she remembered before the holocaust were still there in the past and if she blocks out the completely the past she also blocks out all those good things that happened to her there 
you know, or the strength that she was able to in, like to find when she was when these things were happening to her, like all the 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 strength and will that she had during that thing. She's also blocking that out as well. Like so, that's that's the choice is to try to remember those those inner strengths, that inner the inner purpose, what why you were why you're enduring this, how can you endure this, and all those different things that basically like gave her the strength to get through something so traumatic, um, and then so but like blocking that out, all blocking that out loses all those good things as well, not just the terrible things, not just all the trauma and all the shittiness. You're you're blocking out all the the things that gave you strength to get through it. And I think that's like really important to kind of understand is understanding those things. And then um, like even Viktor Frankl's book on the, the, he talks a lot about how he was able to do it because they have a lot of, um, they have a lot of trauma, like based on why me, like, why did I survive this? And then, and then they basically have this like double down situation saying they have to prove why they're still alive because of something like this which is kind of like a, um, a trauma in itself to actually feel like you have to be worth the life that you have now. Cause if you're not worth it, then why did you survive? Like it's a survival, a survivalist kind of um, uh, trauma, right? Like you can constantly keep asking yourself, why am I worth more than the other person that didn't make it? Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of questions and trauma that come with that. And then it's never going to be a good answer, right? And it's never going to be enough for you to feel okay with it. Um, and that's just like, and obviously I don't have to live that life, but I also can try to imagine making those choices and, and, and how, how, how terrible that would have to be, right? And then put yourself in that position and try to imagine what that feels like and, and, and could you have the strength to do it? Um, and then I think that's where you, that I think that's where you can kind of just try to empathize and understand and then also and then also put that inside yourself and understand it, you know, so yeah. All right, and I think that is a wrap. Special thanks to hosts that Tao, Nooligan, DJ Crumb. Music by ghost hd produced by dj crumb production by ghost wish Ghost Wish.